back with another edition with Banker with the Beer. Jerry Keel on board today. Uh, Scott apparently is in jury duty. I, I think he's in the jury box, not on the stand. So that's a good point to start with. So Ben Peterson is going to be running the board today. Ben, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've been here, but always, uh, always happy to be a part of these conversations. Ben's helped out in the summer uh, before when Scott's down in San, or San Francisco, down in uh, St. Louis. So that's good to have him back. But uh, we have another great guest here today and an interesting beverage. So our guest today is Peter Hoft. He's the owner of Hoft Construction. Peter, welcome on board. Good to see you again. Good to see you as well. We'll be talking today about the building industry and uh, Peter and Hoft Construction are well known in the Chippewa Valley. So we're uh, excited to get his uh, perspective on what's going on in the the building world. Uh, But we're going to do it with an interesting beverage. Peter requested one I've never had before. It's called Montucky Cold Snack. Uh, it's a it's just it's not even listed as a beer. It's a picture of a horse on on the can. Uh, Peter, how do you know about this one? Um, one, I appreciate the man cans there, the nice tall cans here. That's a good I, touch. I, I don't I don't so. want to cut you short, Peter. I, I do my best here. <laughs> No, I, um, we spent a lot of time out west. My brother lives in Colorado. I lived out there for a long, long time. And and it's in Montana. It's in Colorado. It's in Wyoming. And it's always kind of my go-to out there. And they started serving around here. So, yeah. And looking at the can, it's actually uh, brewed here in La Crosse. So even it though is. it's it's uh, it's the nomenclature on this thing said uh, it is the, what is it, the official, unofficial uh, beer of Montana. So that's that's their name, but it's brewed, you know, 100 miles south of here. So we'll be able to help a loaf of beverage with this as well. So uh, Ben is actually taking on the pouring duties. So while he is uh, finishing that up, um, we'll get the beer ready to, to go. So first of all, while this is being finished up before we launch out, just a quick question. How are things going for you? Well, things are going fantastic. Um, at Hoff Builders, we are busy as heck. Um, year-round so even winter time right now it's not slowing us down it's uh it's good to be in our business right now for sure so you said about year-round and and that's i guess one of my questions i have around here i mean i keep thinking of you know these poor folks who are up on top of a building when it's currently now it's you know five degrees out or ten degrees and granted we've had a beautiful uh winter so far for construction but uh, is year-round more the norm, or is there a time you guys actually kind of say, well, we're just going to be giving the, the, the crew off and, or the crews off and uh, we're going to be taking the month of February off or something? How, how does that work? No, nah, it's all the time. Um, we're super fortunate in Wisconsin, especially Minnesota. We've got some hardworking kids out there. They still actually come to work and want to work, and uh, the, the weather doesn't slow them down. I mean, there's days, yes, where from a safety standpoint, you got to watch it, and if it gets really cold, like your the guns don't work, and it's tough, tough on equipment and all that. But no, nah, we we're we're very fortunate with the work ethic where we live. We do work all over the country right now, and it is night and day difference from what you get up here compared to anywhere else, honestly. So Ben has poured the beers, so uh, let's clink them and drink them, John. Let's want to try. Well, very Jerry, light, very crisp. Yeah, this is, I mean, <laughs> not bad for a light beer, not huh? Not bad for a light beer. No, it's got a little flavor to it. 
Yeah. So yeah, very drinkable. Even Ben's re, uh, on board. So <laughs> it's pretty cheap too. Pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely uh, Woodman's is divided up into kind of the different sectors in terms. Yep. of this is definitely in the affordability sector. So uh, yeah, it's a value. <laughs> it's a value, and uh, Jerry Jacobs will be smiling when he signs off on this expense report for me. So thanks so I try. much. I'll I try. try. <laughs> so let's just start off. You know, a little bit chits. We've had you on the program before. Yep. Uh, I think that was kind of, we we're just coming out of COVID. COVID now is pretty much all in the, in the taillights. Uh, from your perspective, are you, what are you seeing for demand out there for, for building at this point? Uh, regionally, huge. Um, it depends what part of the country you're going to. I mean, there's obviously office problems in lots and lots of big cities. We don't seem to have that locally here. Um, but we have more demand right now. I was just talking with our estimators before we came over just to kind of get a lay of the land, and we don't really start hitting the ground running hard like January, February from a bid standpoint. It starts coming in like mid-February, and our estimators have not left the bid room in two weeks. Every single day, two bids, three bids, and we don't do a lot of hard bidding either. Most of our stuff's negotiated, so it shows you how much work is still out there and the demand. It's, It's big. Now, now, folks may or may not realize, obviously, you see the, the Hoff building construction uh, banners and trucks going around through the Chippewa Valley, but, but your business goes beyond the Chippewa Valley. For sure. And, and where are you, in all states or primarily here, Colorado? How, where, do you, where do you folks go? No, so we're, you know, obviously Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, we're projects right now in North Dakota, South Dakota. We're in Michigan, um, in Plymouth, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Uh, we have a big project in Houston, Texas right now, and we are looking at negotiating one in uh, Sedona, Arizona. And then my brother has Hoff Builders West in Vail, Colorado. So he's all over the nation. He does um, hyperbaric chamber installs for hospitals and for private. Actually, he does them for the NFL, too. Wow. So including Hoff Builders West, we're everywhere. So, I mean, as I just from, from the banking standpoint, I mean, we have all we can do to keep up with regulations and things here in Wisconsin. I mean, I, I can't imagine what that must be like with different zoning and regulations and different sort of inspections, state by state, community by community. How do you even keep on top of all that? It can be tough, but it's not that bad. Surprisingly, there's not a lot of uh, licensing with commercial contractors. <laughs> it's pretty loose. Um, we do stay out of a lot of the really, really big cities. Um, Houston might maybe be in the... Um, a bit of a, an anomaly for us. They're kind of don't their, their zoning and stuff isn't that tough anyway. So it's, it's not, like, and it's industrial projects that we're doing there. Okay. So it's already zoned appropriately. We're just going into an infill site and working with the client who's already done all the the back work on that. Um, so it's it's projects we're familiar with. It's not that bad. There's there's way more struggles going out of town than there is dealing with that kind of regulatory thing. So what are the trends now in building construction? I mean, the, the kind of projects that you're seeing today, how do they differ from those that you saw, maybe saw five or 10 years ago? Well, for us as a company, um, we are doing a lot more precast concrete panel buildings. You see a lot of it in Chippewa Falls right now. We're doing a couple in Eau Claire. Um, all of our stuff on the Dakotas right now is all precast concrete, which I'm all in favor for. I think it's a far superior product than masonry block. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but we are ourselves are doing a ton of that. Is it just more for cost, aesthetics, um, efficiency, all that? Uh, it's it doesn't cost any less. Sometimes it costs more depending on the size of the building. Once you get to a bigger building, you get a couple hundred thousand square feet. It ends up being less. But speed, it's a lot faster to erect. It's a insulation wise, it's a it's a better product. 
Um, it's more efficient. Um, and I personally think it holds up better over time. There's like zero maintenance with it. Hmm. So uh, I mentioned a while ago about COVID. And that at that point, though, there was an issues with um, costs of materials were going out of the world, if you could get them. And then availability was an issue. You know, we, you, you couldn't, electrical panels and things of like that were, were really hard to get. Has that pretty much all resolved? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's... There's still a handful of things that are kind of a pain to get, um, mainly on the electrical side. So some larger, more complex panels um, can be a bit of a lead time. The biggest problem we're running into right now is transformers from Excel. Hmm. That is a rough one. And we've had several buildings that have been done for months that are running on generators. And really? Yeah, really? and it's an ex- well, I should be careful yeah. I say here who's listening. <laughs> but uh, uh, from what we understand, it's more of a localized thing with Excel rather than some of the electrical co-ops. But transformers are a problem. It's a huge problem. Everything else is kind of leveled off. Um, I know you look at reports that scrap steel is going down, but we're not seeing the... It's not hitting the structural steel market yet, but it has definitely leveled off. So do you feel pretty comfortable if you're bidding on something or negotiating a, a price and that price is going to be good? You know, you start construction, say, in April, you talked about today. Do you feel, feel pretty good that those prices are going to hold or do you have escalators in there? I mean, uh, how sure are you today that a number that you are throwing out there in now January 2024 still allows you to make some money and the client to get the building that they want to get? A lot better now than we were a year ago. Um, I would feel comfortable, you know, locking in something April, May, something like that. But it's no different than you guys trying to lock in rates. Sure. You're quoting a rate to a developer, and how long do you want to lock that? So there's a little bit of a relationship thing there, too. A little bit of a gamble. Sure. Um, I feel way better about it now than I did, you know, a year ago, 18 months ago. Um, That is a little more solid. Labor rates are still kind of goofy. Um, it's, it, they're going up for sure. Well, and that, that leads kind of into my next question about labor costs and just availability. And, and, and especially you talk about you doing, you're doing projects throughout the country. And I know you don't have so much of your own crews as you are having, you know, working with subcontractors, bringing these crews on, on board. I, I guess one, it's one thing to know and have these relationships locally here, but if you're going to be in Houston, how do you find a group uh, who drywalls down in Houston if you've never been in Houston before? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's tough, but um, our staff is used to it now. They've they've really figured that out from a traveling standpoint. And we do have some guys from the Chippewa Valley who travel with us. Hmm. Like we had a concrete company go out to Aberdeen and went going to Devil's Lake. Um, we've had. Uh, Electricians go all over the place with us. There's local electricians right now that have offices in Texas, thank God. Hmm. Um, so we, we, it's not that bad. We spend a lot of time on the front end vetting these guys. We spend a lot of time interviewing them. And these are negotiated projects. They're not hard bids. So it's not like, okay, we bid it on Monday and it's going to start on th- next Thursday. Um, we have time to, to go through and find these appropriate subs. Um, and we owe that to our client to find them. So it takes some time. It, and, and our guys in the office over here, they're they're working it hard. Now, you mentioned earlier in the podcast today, kind of alluded to the fact that some are doing, finding good workers and finding workers with a work ethic here in the Chippewa Valley is easier than maybe elsewhere. It's way easier. <laughs> 
Can you go dive a little deeper with that? I mean, it just, I mean, most of our listeners are from the Chippewa Valley and, and, you know, we, we have this assumption that, you know, we work hard and we play hard and those sorts of things, but you actually see it from the business perspective when you go out throughout the country. What's different here? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, our work ethic is just better here. And I think we all know that, um, at least with, with, I'm going to, I'm going to be selfish here and a little bit of toot our own horn with our guys. They take a huge amount of pride in their job and in the project that they're churning out. We're doing a big apartment building downtown right now, and our framers killed it on that. They 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 cared about that project. They know they're turning this thing over and they have their name on it. Makes a big deal. Um, we did a project in Florida that shall remain nameless right now, but these guys would show up at seven thirty, seven forty-five. You know, first breaks at nine, and that's supposed to be a fifteen-minute break turns into forty-five minutes, and then. Another, you know, lunch at 11.30 and another break at 1 and their you know, taillights at 2.45. So they get about an hour and a half worth of work done during the day. And it's it's shameful. And down there, it's been so busy. Um, kind of had words with their foreman. And he's like, well, if I get, if I light these guys up, they're just going to go to the next job. So we got to kind of just deal with it. Huh. I'm like, this sucks well, so that, bad. Well, and that must be difficult for you as, as the general, and you're trying to deliver the product on time, on mm-hmm. budget, and yeah, obviously what piece of the project is contingent on the other piece being done, and the framers aren't done, you can't get the drywallers in, and those sorts of things. It's it's very, very frustrating. Now, fortunately on that one, it was one that it's kind of a personal project, so I was able to deal with it. But I can't recommend anybody go down to projects in Florida right now. Wow! <laughs> but it's 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 very very difficult now. On some of these big industrial projects, not as bad. You've got very seasoned um, subcontractors who know what they're doing, and they know that they don't do this on time on budget. They're not going to make money, so it, not as bad um, on on those industrial projects. Um, we've done a lot of hotels on the road. And those aren't as bad either because you got guys who travel doing hotels. That's all they do. So not the end of the world. So it, it seems to be, it's uh, interesting you, you mentioned that because I know that was a um, little controversy uh, in the paper, you know, when Costco was being built here. And I know some of the local labor unions kind of weighed in to say, well, geez, how come, you know, uh, we weren't offered this position and the whole thing. But my understanding is that there are crews that basically just go around the country building Costco's. Is that kind of like the new MO now rather than just uh, uh, those folks who are building uh, the same building time and time again, whether they be Culver's or a Costco or a Chick-fil-A or some of these franchises that they just build the same building time and time again in just a different location? Well, you're lucky you're not videoing this because you can't see me rolling my eyes. Um, yeah, I have no problem with those guys because we do the same damn thing when we go to somebody else's city. All right. Um, there's plenty of work to go around for everybody right now. Costco, and I'm a capitalist too, Jerry. So mm-hmm. Costco is a outstanding business. They know what they're doing. They know what they, how to build those things. Yeah. Of course, they want to get it done for the right price and efficiently, and they did hire some local people. All right, they hired some a lot of local people, people that you and I know. Sure. So I'm not going to give Costco any shit at all. All right, on this. No, I'm, I'm not looking. I'm, nope. I'm, I'm, nope. <laughs> no. 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 I understand. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to think a little more big picture. There's plenty of work for everybody right now, and go out there and earn it. Sure. Now, 
I don't want to want, want, to, want to poke the bear here, folks. But <laughs> too late now. Too late. <laughs> but looking at at a project, and I won't, I'll say at Costco. How do you, as a builder? I mean, I walk into a building and say it looks kind of nice. Can you look into a Costco or a Chick Fil A or a new hotel, and you must look at it from a whole different perspective of, man, this thing is well done. Or, Ooh, they you know they just slap some some mud on this thing and painted it over. This is going to last for ten years. Is it hard for you to turn it off when you go into a building? Or are you always just kind of aware of of the space and kind of the back part of you is like dissecting this thing and saying, you know, this is well done, not well done, or boy, we could do it that way. This is the curse of a contractor, Jerry. <laughs> um, we all critique the hell out of everything. Um, Usually we keep it in our own heads. Sometimes it gets uh, verbalized, but yeah, I, I every building I step my step foot into, I look up. First thing I do is look at the ceiling. Um, most people, I don't know why I look up. Um, I have this weird thing with symmetry that all the ceiling tiles got to line up perfectly. And I'm looking at your lights right now, and I wonder who your contractor was because they all line up nicely. Um, but uh, Hoff builders <laughs> possibly. <laughs> um, it's a curse, but at the same time, like I said, all of us do it. Um, all every contractor does it and yes and most of the time your nature is to pick things apart but I can also appreciate a really really good job that's why I like going to places like Las Vegas or Disney World those are two places to do it so well and do some details that nobody ever really sees except for architects and contractors and they're like I will walk around Las Vegas and just look at the buildings I got nothing to do with the gambling or anything like that and it's fascinating because of the the little details they do that nobody really picks out you see in my perspective of vegas is you know it's, it's it reminds me have you ever been like at uh, gone to um channel 13 or 18 and they have you know what you see on the television is you know looks really really nice and then you get there and oftentimes it's almost the whole thing is a stage you know kind of put together with uh rubber bands and spitballs <laughs> and you know it, it, yeah. it tape in the back and i guess that was kind of always my impression a little bit about vegas as well these buildings aren't being built for 100 years because they'll be tore down in another 20 years um but the, you think they actually they put in the effort to these things that they hopefully will last for a while yeah, I mean, everything's got a shelf life for sure. I mean, you're right, because no buildings, leased by us, is built to last forever. Um, but just some of the technology things they do, just some of the quirky things they do, just to make some architectural details to make it inviting, um, that's a big deal. And a lot of people don't get that around here because it's just not cost effective. But but, it, well, but they are fun. There's there's no, there's no doubt about It's super about cool that. to see. I love it. It is. <laughs> so... Um, one thing, though, I wanted to touch base on is this is big now in the business press. And it depending on who you talk to, this might actually turn out to be a huge issue for the economy going forward, is in major cities primarily where they have these large multi-tenant high-rises. And these um, spaces are leased for, for many years um, that now – after especially he mentioned again covid a lot of folks are doing more remote work and so these spaces where once you had uh, hundreds of workers are now just a handful of workers and uh, a lot of these leases are going to be coming up or are starting to come up for renewal and people are opting out of the space or rather than taking three floors or looking at taking a half floor or whatever the bottom line the number i'm seeing is that there might be up to 25 percent of commercial 
retail space in major metropolitan areas vacant. And the owners of these buildings are are going to suffer tremendously. I mean, as a builder, does that scare you? It doesn't scare me. As a bank, it should scare you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No. Um, <laughs> well, well, I don't, you don't build them and we don't finance them. So <laughs> right. for us, it's just more, more of a, just a, a study at this point. We're cool here, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a problem. It's going to be a problem. Twenty five percent is a giant number. I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, but we're also dealing in markets that you and I don't ever deal with. Correct. I mean, we were never going to do a project in New York or San Francisco or any of those places like that. Um, personally, I think the hybrid work thing is going to be a monumental failure eventually. Um, it, it doesn't work for us. Um, I don't know how well it works for you guys. Um, around here. Uh, God, office space is pretty full, and people want premium, nice office space. They don't want to be cooped up in their house all day. Um, Some people do, but um, I'm not too worried about it in the Midwest. I think Minneapolis, they might have a couple issues with it, Um, but it doesn't seem to be hurting us too bad around here. Um, I haven't. I mean, first of all, most of the buildings that we have here are custom built. They are. They're one-off, and for companies that want that. And so, and that's that's what I see. And and frankly, uh, a place like Eau Claire has been a beneficiary, frankly, of what's happened. You know, in some of the major cities, because yeah. people don't want to live in big. Eau Claire's cities. killing we're, it. We're doing we're, great. We're doing really great. So, <laughs> I mean, what what the Twin Cities is suffering from, um, and and actually, I. I know Milwaukee has some increasing vacancy rate too, but at this point, Milwaukee seems to be doing relatively well. I think Ch- so. Yeah. Chicago is struggling. Yeah, you know, and you that mentioned San Francisco and New York. Yeah, going to happen. Um, but I, I could see, you know, this community, this being the Chippewa Valley, continuing to grow and thrive for the foreseeable future, and just. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's fun to see. It's it's fun to watch. Um, I, I'd be curious to hear, you know, kind of some, obviously not, not details, but what sort of projects are you seeing now being proposed for the Chippewa Valley that probably weren't being proposed five or 10 years ago? Well, obviously you can see the huge, huge surge of multifamily around here and nice ones. There's some really nice multifamily projects that have been built and are being built right now. And that never existed here at all. Um, the, the medical has always done very well as of late, but the multifamily is a big deal and the industrial is, is getting better and better and bigger and bigger. And they're a little bit more technical industrial. You're not just, you're not stamping out tires anymore. Right. There's some really high tech industrial. We have a couple of clients that in mutual that, that are doing some really cool things with high paying jobs and making some really cool stuff that goes all over the globe. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's a variety. There's not one thing in Eau Claire that's like really excelling. And look at the university. They're doing fantastic. Well, and it's fun. When you're in a, a well-built, well-designed building, it's a fun place to be. I mean, it's, it's a recruiting li- tool. It's light. Yeah. It's airy. It's it's functional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it brings you up. It doesn't take you down. And you're in some place that is just gray or drab or dark or or fluorescent lighting and it's just like it's you know all of these images of uh, i won't say that the modern sweat box is comes to light in those and and the buildings that are being built today i think are doing a much better job at identifying kind of what a 
someone needs to be productive in their work and, and, and you guys are, are killing it with creating spaces that people like to be in. The employee experience makes a huge difference. I mean, as, as business owners, we can do whatever we want to pay them more or anything like that, but if their experience of coming to work sucks, it's, they're going to find something else. And luckily, we've got a lot of really good businesses here in town that have built themselves on the ground up, and they, they get that. Um, they're making it a good employee experience, a good working experience. And I don't see that going away around here. The, the clients we're talking to, they're, they're not thinking about next year. They're, they're planning on decades of growth, and they're, they're really centering around their employees. It's, it's fun to see. Well, we're getting close to time. But there's a few more questions that yeah, I, no want I want to ask. I want I want to get there first. So, um, uh, first of all, just you've built buildings again throughout the country at the Chippewa Valley. Favorite project? If there's a project that you kind of look back to, you still kind of smile today, or you drive by or you walk through it, you say, "Yeah, we 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 crushed this one." Uh, I've got a few, but I'm going to talk about one that, and it wasn't necessarily the building. The building's great. It's a, it's a cool building. But it was more because of the client and the experience and the problems we solved. It was Chupa Valley Eye Clinic. Um, we go back a long ways family-wise with um, Tom Dow, the founder of it. And uh, my partner Rob and I had actually owned that building and burned down in right, when, right before COVID started. Yep. So I burned down the winter of 2020. And we were in the process of designing a new building for them on that site, a remodel for that building. And it was devastating for us and for them. And we had to figure that building out. We had to figure that facility out. Then COVID hits. And it's a nightmare, for, especially for physicians. They couldn't see any patients, especially their patients. They had very elderly patients. It was the perfect storm for a horrible situation for them. We fought through it. We didn't give up on them. They didn't give up on us. We ended up redesigning a new building on that site. And we fought with insurance companies for two years and ended up building them a beautiful building, helped them. And day one that they opened up, you know, the, the, the patients all came back, and they're, they're already full. And I love that building, one, because I love that group. They're super good people to work with. And that was the first um, client that my mom worked with after my dad died. Hmm. So I was kind of bringing it full circle, you know, 25 years later. Um that they stuck with us for all that time and we got to stick with them and got seeing that through was, it was almost an emotional thing with it because they, they're such a good people and it's such a service that this town is, it's a staple of this town. Chippewa Valley Eye Clinic's been there forever and they'll continue to be there forever. And that's the one that I'm super proud of and emotionally attached to, I think. That's a cool story. It, it's, it's humbling because like I said, it was, it's the longest relationship I think we have, and it's never wavered. So sweet. Well, I've got one more. No problem. I got time. I, I got time. Well, and, and this is one. <laughs> I got to finish our beer anyway. Yeah. So we can we can take some time. And by the way, it's, it's, this isn't bad. It's I mean, not bad. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a huge light beer fan, as, as the listeners know to this one. But this isn't bad. So we're having again. We're having a, a Montucky cold snack. And it's available at Woodman's and apparently a quick trip. I've, I've, I did a little research on these. Yep. But they aren't a bad beverage. You know, I went to college at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is where, like, the whole microbrew craze kind of started. I was in there in the 90s. I got so damn sick of microbrews. <laughs> All I wanted was an old Milwaukee or something when I lived there. So this is kind of a nice little uh, compromise. Coming home a little it bit. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Last question I've got for yeah. you. 
What would you like to build? I mean, you've built lots of projects and you come in obviously what people, you custom build what they want to build. But if you could come in and, and say, all right, I really have always wanted to give this a shot. I'd like to build one of these. What would that be? You know, it probably changes every day. I mean, I love factories. They fascinate the hell out of me. Um, and I've been to, and I'm a car guy, so I've been to a lot of um, pretty cool factories. Like I've been to the Ferrari factory, Ducati, and things like that. That's a bit out of our wheelhouse, I think, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but surprisingly, Ferrari is a tiny factory. It really is. Really small. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, they don't like, like mass-produce cars, though, either, though. No, no, no. no they're no, hand-building yeah. that stuff. They don't let you see anything. Yeah. Uh, you get to look at it from the outside in a bus. Um, um, right now, my pet project, and something that I'm super passionate about, is I want to build a very, very high-end Class A office building that this area has never seen before. Hmm. And we are in the planning stages of doing that, and it's going to be for us. And we're going to have some tenant space in it. So anybody listening, if you're looking for 20,000 square feet of Class A office space. But I want to make it that employee experience because I've, lear- I've, I've appreciated so much of what our clients are doing. I'm like, we got to do that. Um, I don't think anybody around here, um, no disrespect to our competition because we've got wonderful competition here in town. But we're going to make a really cool experience for our, our employees. And I'm, you know, I'm... Was it uh, my, my friend Lee Hofer said I'm kind of at the end of the tube of toothpaste before they squeeze me out here. I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to leave behind something that's really cool for the next generation of off builders and whoever that may be. So you're so, going to raise the bar pretty high before you, you step out. Why not? Yeah, you got to <laughs> give them something. So, yeah, I that's that's really what's on my mind right now is a really, really um, creative, high-end, classy office building. We'll look forward to seeing it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Soon enough. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Ben and me chat over a beer today with Peter. If you like what you heard, please give Banquet with the Beer a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, wherever you like to listen to your podcast from. Banquet with the Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank. It looks around communities where people matter. <laughs>